tasty treat will double your enjoyment of the show. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello and welcome to Trick Talkers Tea Time. We're your hosts, Ryan. I'm Patrick. So you may have already noticed the much shorter playtime on this episode, and that's exactly the idea behind Tea Time. We wanted to have these episodes between 15 and 30 minutes long, which should roughly be around the same time it takes to make and drink a cup of tea. Of course, you don't have to drink tea to enjoy this episode. That can apply to any snack of your choice or no snack at all. Anyways, the main idea of these episodes will be to spend some time talking about the trick-taking world, not just in-depth discussions on a particular game. That's what we already do on our regular Trick Talkers episodes. So ideally, these episodes will be about trick-taking related news, whether that's about an upcoming Kickstarter, any reprints, upcoming conventions, you name it. Uh, We might briefly mention some new game acquisitions and where you can find them, of course, assuming they're still available. Uh, Shine the spotlight on some smaller publishers, designers, and artists in the hobby. Um, Potential interviews with people within the hobby and making some quick top 10 lists, any listener questions that we might have, and whatever else seems appropriate. Uh, So I think with that in mind, we're going to start the first episode of Tea Time with our discussion about the Trick-Taking Guild on BGG. That sounds good to me. All right. So the Trick-Taking Guild, which can be located on BoardGameGeek.com, was created by Chris Ray, who has designed a few Trick-Takers himself. It was created on August 27th, 2018, and there are currently 673 members at the time of this recording. First off, to be able to be a part of the Trick-Taking Guild is really easy. We're going to put a link in the show notes to get to it right away. And in the top right-hand corner, it'll say, join this guild. Once you've done that, you're a part of it. Uh, But the reason why I wanted to mention the guild here on this episode is because there's a lot of useful information or forums or even just general discussion about trick-taking, climbing, and shedding games that can be really helpful uh, for people, whether you're trying to find more information about a specific game or not. Yeah, I mean, the we should have said it was a secret underground society that you need a special pass to get into because it might might have made it sounded more appealing. Um, <laughs> no, it is a great place, and uh, Chris Ray has done a great job, I think, uh, overseeing the Trick Taking Guild. Um, and I will say, Chris Ray himself has designed a few games: uh, February uh, Trick Taker, Letter Tricks. Believe it or not, that's a trick taker as well, and uh, seven suitors. So uh, appreciate your um, commitment to um, to the genre. Um, the Trick Taking Guild is an interesting little place uh, where every year they vote on a uh, what's called a Golden Trickster of the Year, and there are always a few finalists. It's always interesting to see what comes up, and there is also a Hall of Fame as as well. Uh, Fortunately, the winner for this year, I understand, hasn't yet been decided, uh, but there are some finalists. What do we think of the finalists, uh, Ryan? What we got? Well, for the three finalists we have right now is The Crew Mission Deep Sea, Jekyll versus Hyde, and Trick Taking in Black and White, which you'll probably hear commonly referred to as Bears. Uh, it looks like right now with the early voting that's in, The Crew Mission Deep Sea is winning. And 
while I can see it's deserving spot up there, the fact that the original crew already won a couple years ago uh, just seems a little weird to me. But that's not really what we're here to discuss. And mainly we want to mention that the voting's still going on. So if you join into the guild in time, you'll be able to cast your vote for one of those three games. Hopefully we can get one of the other two. My pick was Jekyll versus Hyde. I think that was mine as well. But but yeah, don't tell anybody. Um, but no, if you want to have your say, uh, you know, you and participate. I think it's a great little corner of the internet, if you like, within BGG. Not everybody knows about it. Um, it's often quite difficult sometimes to find information on trick-taking games and climbing games um you know certainly within bgg as well when you're trying to dig into the nitty-gritty so uh they've got a lovely array of different forums within the trick-taking guild where people are sort of firing questions back and forth and you've got some real enthusiasts and trick-taking veterans in there so that's part of the appeal for me um as a member so i think it's just a great Great, something great to be part of. And of course, uh, there's no entry fee. All right. So one last thing that we want to mention here, which I think is a perfect example of the internet at its finest, all happened within the trick-taking guild. Well, last year for 2021, there was a unanimous decision for Ambient Abyssal to win the first ever Ambient Abyssal Award. This mainly came around because Ambient Abyssal was one of the games that was nominated for the Golden Trickster Award but it was not allowed in because it's not a trick-taking game. It's a climbing shedding game. From there, a couple people joked about giving its own award, and then a whole slew of people had just joined in on the joke, and it just took off from there. And I just think that's a hilarious little slice of history within the guild itself. Uh, now, it hasn't been confirmed that Ambient Abyssal is going to win the 2022 Ambient Abyssal Award yet, uh, but we'll see. So, Patrick, what do you think about that? It's going to win its own award, hopefully, in 2022, but you never know. Uh, piece of Shinzawa genius, that game. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of success with it at uh, free players. I think that tends to be the favourable count. Um, very difficult to find the original game. That came in a little plastic case. But there is a, uh, a reprint uh, that's come out through Kickstarter um, called Planet Etu. So if you fancy giving it a go and you're wondering why it the Ambient Abyssal won the Ambient Abyssal Award. Well, that is your uh, perfect opportunity to uh, get involved and find out. And unfortunately, by the time you hear this recording, the Kickstarter will probably be over since there's currently 63 hours to go as of the time of the recording. But maybe there might be a couple hours left and you can click on there if you haven't already. Yeah, hopefully a late pledge or something like that becomes available for those who are curious. All right, well, I think that was enough about the trick-taking guild here. Uh, the second thing we wanted to go over was importing games. So there's lots and lots and lots of these games that we talk about that come from Japan, Korea, a lot of Eastern countries, and they unfortunately aren't easy to get a hold of. It's not as simple as just going to Amazon and next day shipping it's there on your doorstep so there are ways to get these games though and while they seem daunting and a little more difficult than they may be that's actually pretty simple so we just wanted to kind of go over the different forwarders the services that you can use these companies as well as the different websites where you can find these games which hopefully can make it a little bit easier in case you were interested about trying to locate a game and, and how to do that. 
of course, you must have the warning of your wallet. That's a very big warning and a very, very yes. big caveat. Uh, while it might be easier to buy these games, it's not going to be easier to look at that uh, bank statement after. And watch <laughs> it go down. Um. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but Patrick, if you wanted to, to start with a couple of services that I know you've used in the past. Yeah, uh, I think we'll just caveat as well. And just to say, look, you know, this is um, my experience. And obviously, Brian will talk about his experience. And of course, some of these companies that we use, uh, some of you guys might have used them before and may have a different opinion. And obviously, there's a lot out there on the internet in terms of reviews. So it's important to do your own research as well. So we're not endorsing any of these companies necessarily. We don't work for them. But you know, we've imported a lot of games. I'm sure we've imported a mountain between me and Ryan. So um, it's just to give you guys uh, some understanding and some knowledge, hopefully, which you can use to to order some games. Uh, I personally have had a lot of ex- uh, success with Zen Market. Um, Zen Market are a company in Japan. Um, basically, you drop in to the interface, the links of where you want to buy the certain games on Japanese websites. Uh, you deposit some funds. Uh, PayPal is one of the typical options there. They go off and buy the game for you and uh, they'll let you know when it's in the warehouse. And with them, you get about 45 days to uh, collate your order, um, store it at their warehouse, and they can sort of parcel it all up and send it to you wherever you're located. I must say I've been very impressed with the the quality of the packing and the customer service uh, that I've received from Zen Market. Um, I have used others. uh, So some of the others include Big in Jap. um, So Big in Jap, like uh, Jap for Japan. And uh, that essentially gives you a Tokyo-based address, um, unlike Zen Market, to sort of do everything for you. It is a bit more of a hands-on approach and you kind of you follow the steps on the website, you buy a forwarding ticket, and it's a little bit more complex, but uh, you can potentially save money this way if you're comfortable sort of ordering yourself from Japanese websites and flicking between Google Translate and things get a little bit more muddy. But um, for somebody who wants to order for the first time, I personally think... Um, for me, uh, Zen Market's my recommendation here. Um, I have, I've got a couple of horror stories. I don't want to put anyone off ordering from Japan. Um, my first game to show my lack of experience. I wish we'd had a Trick Talkers uh, podcast and uh, uh, at the time, but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, wishful thinking. Uh, world shopping I've used, but I only ordered one game. Um, and that was Dog Tag Trick. And uh, woe to me, because when you're ordering games from Japan, you're always better off. I hate to say this because obviously people are holding onto their wallets now. You're always better off ordering a few games at a time rather than just the one game because shipping costs generally rack up. I'm sure Ryan would agree. Uh, but world shopping, I think I got a world record. And Dog Tag Trick, I believe I paid about $75 to $80 for as my first imported <laughs> game from Japan. Um, so obviously now I'm sort of older and wiser um, and tend to import a few things at a time and that keeps the costs down for me. Uh, I'm also going to add that there is a very popular one called Baiyi. Um, that's with a double E on the end. 
Again, I've ordered from there and been happy with what I've received, but I will caveat that they don't... Um, if you're com compiling boxes, they don't uh, unwrap the original packaging, so um, shipping costs can quickly mount up if you're ordering a lot of a lot of things. Um, my, I'm sure Ryan's going to cover a lot of these, but to my key message would be it is worth investing the time in um, understanding one of the platforms and uh, reading and researching a little bit on the internet because ultimately uh, your wallet will thank you for it later on. No, absolutely. And as far as uh, the two that you've already mentioned, Zen Market and World Shopping, those are the two that I usually go to, especially when you're using uh, one of the websites to buy games from, uh, Badoge. And I'm sure you'll probably hear mm -hmm. me and most of us pronounce this as Badoge. Um, but yeah, but, the other. <laughs> uh, that website has world shopping directly integrated into it. So you don't even have to copy and paste any links. You just simply go to the page you want, the game that you want, and click add to cart on the world shopping section and it'll put it in a world shopping cart for you. And then you put your credit card or whatever way you want to pay for it. Uh, so it's almost like you're just going to a regular online retailer website and just adding things to cart and then buying it after. Um, so that's super simple. Um, but of course the, the fees that I've noticed with world shopping are a little bit on the higher end. Because of course, again, these forwarding companies are doing a lot of this work for you, bringing it to the warehouse, holding on to the games, consolidating them and getting them shipped out to you. So there are additional shipping, handling and other fees that they add on to them. And world shoppings tend to be a little bit on the higher end. But I personally actually have an, an order through Zen Market going right now that's close to like 13 pounds. And just being able to consolidate the games the way they are, getting multiple orders has been fantastic because the one thing with world shopping is that they will charge you for additional boxes, additional orders to consolidate them all together. Whereas Zen market, they do a flat 300 yen charge, which is like a couple bucks for every item you order, but they'll do unlimited consolidation essentially, which is great. Um, so as you can clearly tell, those are two of the ones that Patrick and I have used a bunch and are really comfortable with. But to give you some of the other ones that are out there, Black Ship, White Rabbit Express, uh, and Tenzo. And we'll put all these uh, in the show notes so you can easily find them just clicking on the links. And again, like we said, sort of do a little bit of your own research on there. We hope this is sort of a good starting point to, again, make it not seem so scary, but ultimately end as the consumer, you kind of want to make your own decision that works best for you. Um, now, as far as websites to get these games from, we sort of mentioned one already. Uh, there's another location uh, called Booth, which is usually great for getting a lot of games that come out of the Tokyo game market. There's a good chance they end up there first. Not always the case, um, but a lot of ones show up there. There's another one, Jelly Jelly, uh, Sura Gaia, which is where a lot of like the used games can be purchased. Secondhand games, yeah, they're great. Mm -hmm. So games that you might have a really hard time finding on all these other ones, you might want to check that website out because it's possible it'll be there. Again, we'll put links to all these in the show notes, make it easy for you to find. Uh, there's another one that's Yellow Submarine. Uh, that one I didn't actually used to shop on too often. Uh, for some reason, I just felt like it was harder to to get through. To buy stuff. Yeah, but then I understood the way they lay out the website. They've got like on the left-hand side, it's the 
ka and sa and ta lines. It's just the way it is for alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah, sometimes these sites and you'll translate them and we've get, you know, in the browser and you'll think, what you know, obviously we don't really read Japanese and you'll think, well, hang on, that doesn't really make sense now. I'm sure it did in the original, you know, Japanese language. But yeah, so again, hopefully that's um, some sort of tips and tricks there for forwarding services and those websites that you can buy. Uh, again, for the most part with the, the sites themselves, because I know we didn't go too nitty gritty on them, but uh, like we said with Zen Market, mm -hmm. it's once you have an account, it's all laid out right there for you on the main page. It just has you to put a link in. It, it says, click add a package. You copy and paste the link you want and you can put a, a description, which is really more for your help. Um, and then they'll look it up. They'll get back to you about the price and then you can click to buy it. All the other forwarders work in a similar way. So once you know how to use one, you pretty much know how to use the rest. So again, if you do use one service and then you realize, hmm, maybe I want to try another one, you're not going to have to start over from scratch. It shouldn't be as scary because you've sort of already gotten experience with a, another one. Yeah, and I just I want to caveat here as well. It's uh, I think it's one of those things where if you want it to be super, super easy and all taken care of and done for you, kind of like AKA a butler service, that's when obviously you hit the, the higher fees. Uh, I think Zen Market's a bit of a middle ground. So you kind of, you still got to find the links, but then you put them in and, you know, you, you st there's still some user initiated stuff. Whereas obviously on the world shopping side of things, it's pretty much all taken care of for you. Um, and if you really want to get hands on, you know, yes, it can be more lucrative in terms of fees, but you know, there's a bit of a learning curve there, as you you, you probably gather. Um, really wanted to get my Beatles reference in for the Yellow Submarine, but didn't quite make it. Um, sure, you get another chance at some point. <laughs> I'll get another chance. Um, and 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 I will say probably the exception here is Amazon JP. Sometimes you can just literally find a game on there, send it to your country, and uh, hassle-free. And uh, for a competitive price, I know I found the original version of Scout on there, for example. So that's just another one uh, for people to try. Well, I think the third and final topic that we wanted to touch here on Tea Time, which hopefully you're getting through that cup or whatever snack you picked. <laughs> um, still, got, still got half my tea left. <laughs> perfect. I mean, I have a big 64-ounce jug of water, so I'm not getting through that. Well, you've got a while to go. <laughs> exactly. Um, but we wanted to, as we sort of mentioned at the beginning of what we want this show to be, is putting the spotlight on some indie or smaller publishers, designers, and artists. And I think the first one we wanted to mention here is Sai Beppu. Uh, we've talked about her actually quite a few times in our main episodes, but we didn't really go into detail for people who might not know actually who Sai Beppu is. And we wanted to spend a little bit of time doing that because we just love all of the art that she does for all the games that she puts out. Um, so again, for people who do or don't know, uh, Sai Beppu is an artist and she does a lot of art for board and card games, uh, specifically a lot of trick takers. Uh, again, ones that we will have covered and probably will cover more in the future. But just to toss out a few of our favorites, uh, there's Somnia, 535, Madam, Watchdog, and Burglar, Peter's Two Sheepdogs, and uh, Nana. And of course, she has many others, but uh, those are some some staples, I think, of, of hers as far as pretty oh absolutely and uh yeah i was just gonna say kudos because actually she's um 
they've redone Nana recently. It was a Christmas version, and she's done some lovely Christmas art for it. So I'm pretty excited about that one. Yeah, that one's coming to me here pretty soon. So yeah, hopefully it gets it here in time for the holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so the other thing is she has a, a French tarot deck that should be coming out in the middle of November. Uh, it was available at the Tokyo Game Market that was a few weeks ago. It was supposed to be out online already or close to now, but I guess there were a couple of delays that's pushing it back to mid-November. And this is, again, it was unfortunately going to be one that's going to be available on Japanese sites. I believe it's going to Booth and maybe a couple others. So again, if you just listen to the forwarding services, maybe you can muster up some some courage to to get that. Or hopefully, again, it becomes available uh, in other ways. But this was sort of a design that she'd been working on for quite a few months uh, after she had played a couple other tarot games and and wanted to make her own design. And I think one of the other reasons why the deck got delayed is because she added a poker chip. That's sort of like the start player or the dealer chip that you can put in a game. And it's matching the art and color of the main box itself. And it looks great. Right. I'm looking at my tarot deck and kind of thinking, oh, I wish I had size. You know, it looks, it is beautiful. And um, I think, you know, in this industry, it's always easy to, you know, remember the name of a game, but it's not always that easy to recall who did the artwork. So some of her signature artwork is infamous in certainly in the trick-taking community here. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think she's done an excellent job on it and would love to have a copy. Absolutely. And uh, again, we'll put this in the show notes here. I might put a couple links, actually. There's going to be a lot of links in this episode, it seems like, <laughs> but hopefully they're all helpful for you. Um but she actually has one of her websites that's equivalent to Redbubble or Zazzle, if anyone's familiar with that, where basically she uploads her art and then anybody can buy it on various household items, coffee cup, uh, sticker, phone case, etc. Uh, and she has some of the Nana stuff on there. And I actually ordered myself uh, a water glass that's got the number seven on it. And then I got a coffee mug for Michelle, my wife, uh, with the number five on it. And we're super excited to get those in. Wow. I'm super jealous. You haven't yet stretched for the bed sheets yet then uh, with a <laughs> Nana duvet and pillowcase. No, I, th- those aren't available on there. But I, if they were, I mean, whew, I <laughs> there you go. can't imagine they'd be cheap coming from Japan. But, you know, it might be worth it. <laughs> it might be tempting. Ugh. Well, was there anything else you'd like to add about uh, Sai here? I uh, just just wanted to say, keep up the the excellent work, and um, you know, uh, there's a lot of buzz whenever she releases a new game or a new a new um, uh, product. So, um, I think uh, hopefully she's around for a fair few more years to come in the uh, in the genre. Absolutely, me as well. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us here for Trick Talkers Tea Time. Hopefully you were able to get through whatever uh, beverage of choice and we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah, I hope it hasn't gone cold and thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you soon.